Hawks. Hey, rebounds loose. They score! Keeper Bellows goals in four straight games. What a goal for Oliver Wallstrom. A highlight reel tally. Cross-size pass. Wotherspoon scores! Parker Wotherspoon times the game. This is a production of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Proud American Hockey League affiliate of the New York Islanders. On for the return pass extended, Simon Holmes from he tracks, shoots, he scores! First in North America for Simon Holmstrom. I'm head coach Brent Thompson, and this is Sound Tigers Hockey. And welcome inside the Sound Up podcast here on November the 17th of 2020. I'm Alan Furing, and uh, very happy to have you along for the ride for this 30-minute episode. It's our second edition of the Sound Up podcast this fall. We started with head coach Brent Thompson last week. We had a lot of fun, and that uh, conversation is still posted on Anchor, SoundCloud, also on YouTube. And we're going to continue to do these uh, podcast series while we fill the downtime. Of course, I'm sure you heard the American Hockey League a few weeks back announcing that a new target date has been set of February the 5th to hopefully start an abbreviated season. But uh, we're we're certainly anxious to get hockey going in any capacity. So we'll take a shortened season if it means we get to play and if everything is safe enough to play February the 5th, the target date. And it still seems like that's so far away. And so, again, in order to fill the downtime, we're going to bring on some Sound Tigers players and maybe some alumni at some point and some other members of the team trying to get to know them a little bit better. And I'm very excited to have Seth Helgeson on the podcast today. He re-signed a new deal, and he'll stay in Bridgeport for the next uh, couple of seasons. Seth Helgeson, who uh, re-signed on October the 29th, will now be approaching his fourth year with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. He's been an alternate captain for the first three, and in 63 games last season, put up 10 points from the blue line. And, of course, scoring isn't necessarily his biggest attribute in the value that he brings. It's it's the leadership and the mentorship and, and his tenacity. And, uh, you know, whether it happens or not, here's a guy that's going to be in the conversation for the next Sound Tigers captain. He has every quality for it, and uh, we'll see if that is the case. And if he wears the C coming up, that's a decision to be made down the road. But uh, for now, Seth Helgeson is on the podcast, and we welcome him in now. Seth First of all, I hope all is well with you and your family. Tell us where you're you're talking to us from, and then also uh, how the downtime has been going. Yeah, it's been a lot different uh, off season, that's for sure. Um, I'm back home in uh, Minnesota because uh, staying in Minneapolis for the whole summer, and then I just actually moved out of downtown, and I'm <laughs> living at my parents' house for kind of the time being to see what happens, you know, when the season's going to start. But uh, yeah, just been kind of relaxing and trying to stay busy as long as I can yeah the question that's been relevant really ever since March is you know what are you doing aside from training getting ready for a season what are the things that's keeping you preoccupied and and making the time go by yeah well uh the first month I tried out the old video game situation uh (laughs) I'm not much of a video game player so that lasted about a month. I got pretty bored with that. So uh, I did that for the first month. And then once the weather got nice, I did a lot of golfing. And and then, you know, with workouts and whatnot and, you know, just trying to stay safe. And it's kind of tough being around, you know, certain people and whatnot. But tried to be around, uh, you know, a tight-knit group of friends as much as I could and kind of just went throughout the days trying to find stuff to do. So um, 
now kind of just waiting to see when uh, when this all is going to start. So. Yeah. Aren't we all? That's the, the question of the, the fall right now. You brought up golf. Did you watch the Masters? Oh, what uh, I watched, I would say, you know, without playing, you know, we're usually in season when the Masters is going. So we only get to watch Sunday. So I watched every single second of it, and uh, it definitely did not disappoint. They did a good job of uh, putting that together, so it was good to watch. Last week, Brent Thompson said that Dustin Johnson was going to win, so he called it. Uh, answer honestly, did, did you think did you think DJ had it in him this year? Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of his. You know, Tom, that's funny. Thomas says that uh, he should uh, really ask himself how the uh, Masters pool went two years ago because I won that one tiger kind of won me that so I was the big payout guy but um you know what he uh it was nice to see he definitely has had some close ones there I don't mind seeing DJ win at all that was that was good to see yeah a very likable guy a very talented golfer the good guys yeah I was surprised that that's only his second major win I mean I, I thought he had at least six well that's the thing too is that everyone like kind of rips on him for which is kind of a joke like he's unbelievable He's yeah. number one in the world, but they kind of were like, well, he, had, he only has, you know, two majors now. It's like, well, the guy wins. You know, he's a winner. Granted, he only has two majors, but still, like, that guy is an absolute stick. Yeah, he uh, – and, I mean, he's finished second or tied for second in the PGA Championship, the, the Open Championship so many times, so he could have, you know, more than a handful right now. And he's certainly, you know, one of the most competitive golfers out there. I bring that up because you're one of the most competitive uh, players on the ice, especially for the Sound Tigers. And I'm honestly very excited to have you back. I know a lot of the fans are as well. What do you like about Bridgeport? What did you think about when deciding to come back to the Sound Tigers? Um, well – you know, it wasn't much of, uh, you know, once I kind of talked it over with Chris, you know, that's, it's where I want to be is Bridgeport. You know, I've been able to be comfortable, uh, you know, with stuff outside of the rink, you know, living situation, you know, how nice it is around being able to live on the water and um, stuff like that. It's, you know, it's, and it's nice too living in Milford, the smaller community, you know, it's, even my parents, you know, when they, when they came out, they loved it. You know, they keep talking about how they want to come out. So, um, and then, you know, it's, it's kind of easy playing for uh, Lou and Chris Lamarillo. I obviously have played with them for, for them earlier on in my career uh, in New Jersey. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's first class organization the way in and uh, you just want to be a part of it. And I think as time's going, or as the time has gone on going into my fourth year now, um, you kind of see how guys have taken steps and, you know, we have a young core that was rookies my first year. And now they're veteran guys that, you know, hopefully we can make the right steps towards uh, winning a championship. So, um, and, you know, I can't say enough about the coaching staff and what they've been able to do in the past few years and, you know, kind of welcomed me and kind of welcome, <laughs> welcome everyone really. You brought up Chris Lamorello, of course, uh, Islanders assistant general manager and, and the general manager here of the Sound Tigers, who's made a lot of the, the moves in free agency and deals with uh, Bridgeport on a day-to-day -day basis. Seth, for you, obviously a, a leader on defense, a guy who's uh, certainly a part of the core. What do you like about Bridgeport's defense when you look at you know yourself alongside of Mitch Vandesample, Parker Watherspoon, Sebastian Ajo, a bunch of other names? Just being around these guys uh, for you know the last three years, I mean – 
they're definitely at a different level than I can safely say that I was my rookie year. And I was much older than them when I was a rookie. Uh, As you would know too, these guys are, they're, they're too good to be around. So it, uh, it makes it a lot easier to, um, you know, play, um, play for each other. You know, it's a very exciting time um, because they've definitely made the right steps and the right strides towards becoming NHL players. So it's, it's pretty cool to be around, pretty around those guys. Listen, I am completely removed. I have no opinions on any of that other stuff outside of, of the rink. So that's, that's all on you guys and your own, you know, bonding moments and your team building and all of that. So, you know, Seth, you played quite a bit in the American Hockey League, 431 games. You played 50 games in the National Hockey League with New Jersey. So I wouldn't sell yourself short. I mean, you're, you're still an excellent player. You know, you had a great career so far and it continues to build. When you look back at what you have been through so far, what are your favorite memories that stick out? Uh, you know, we, when I played in Albany, we had four years of um, – we made the playoffs three out of the four years. Um, and the one year we didn't make it, we lost out on points like the last game. You know, so we – playing in Albany, it was always, you know, we were in play, playoff contention. We made it to playoffs. And I think just, um, you know, my first year making the playoffs – uh, when Albany hadn't made it in a very long time and just the excitement around the city. And, uh, and it was, it, and that was pretty cool. Just being able to be part of a team, you know, first year I was there, my rookie year, we played playoffs, made it lost in the first round, but um, that, that was pretty cool. Um, I played, you know, two, two years prior in the NHL up and down in my third year, uh, I was 26, and I honestly, I just told myself, I'm like, I honestly don't think I'm ever going to score an NHL goal. I just was, you know, I had been, I'd been, it was like 40-some games, and I hadn't scored a goal. And I was like, you know what, I just, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm at peace with it. I might not score, and I ended up scoring uh, my first NHL goal in Columbus um, that last year in New Jersey, and that was pretty a pretty special moment. Um, and I guess playing my first NHL game too, that was pretty cool. And I got to play it. It was in New Jersey, but I got to play it against uh, uh, the wild. So uh, playing against my hometown team, that was pretty, pretty special. And, um, you know, and there's obviously, there's so many more moments there is outside, outside of the rink, obviously that I'm not going to go into, but um, that was a pretty special uh, feeling that we, made playoffs two years ago in Bridgeport. That was pretty cool. Um, we had a really good team that year. That was a lot of fun. You do the math and you play close to 500 games, so I can imagine you you could go on and on and we could spend the next couple hours talking about all of that. And and one thing that I thought, and I remembered from last week talking with Brent Thompson, I thought was really funny because it, it sort of involves you, is he said that we were talking about him and Eric Boganicki, who have been you know partners in crime for a long time, and he said you know one of my favorite memories of us together behind the bench was uh, April the 16th of 2016. It was a game against Albany, I believe you were in that game, and uh, you know the coaches had a little disagreement on the bench. Things got a little out of hand, and uh, you know I'm sure in the moment it wasn't a lot of fun, but looking back, uh, that was one of Brent Thompson's favorite memories. Do you remember that game? What do you remember about it? Of course, it's Tomer's one of his favorite moments. Like, <laughs> that's just like, well, that's so Tomer. Uh, yeah, I remember it, you know, clearly. Um, 
you know, it was it, it was kind of funny too because it was a game that actually like mattered because I know we were in we were gonna we were gonna be in playoffs, but I think it was, like we needed to win to determine a seed. Like, and I think Bridge like they needed to win as well in order to get in or something. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, like yeah. there was something like the game actually mattered. It just wasn't one of those you know games that it was just like whatever. And next thing you know, it just turned into a complete mockery. I mean, it was, <laughs> and it was fun to be a part of because it wasn't just like a handful of guys. Like it was all both teams, the coaching staff, and everything just got out of hand with the fights. And you know, our coach, our head coach, and Bogey are going at it. Um, and you know, and I was, you know, I was so mad. I missed out on both line brawls. So I'm sitting on a bench, like, <laughs> you know, I was telling my coach, I mean, you need to put me out there. Like, I need to be involved in this. I looked back at the stat line from that game. You had five penalty minutes in the game, and I, good on you. I thought that was going to be much higher. Well, the thing was, too, is I remember, because they, the, they had to cut the second period short. Like, they were just like, we'll just add time on to the third. So I told my coach, I'm like, I'm, I don't care what you say. I'm fighting. Like, I'm not, I'm not getting out of this game without getting a fight. Because he was like, but you, we, we only had three defensemen. That's all we had. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't care. I'm not going out of this game. And I fought Cully, Patrick Cullity. Yep. That's who I fought. And um, I got in the third. Like, it was just like, it was so dumb. But, like, I couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep that night knowing that. I was involved in, and it made like Yahoo. It was like one of the most penalized games. And I would, there's no chance I was getting out of that game without any. They weren't leaving your name off of that. Absolutely <laughs> not. You know, like I had to get on the scoreboard. So if I wasn't going to score in that game, it was like, it's, I better be getting some kind of penalty minutes. And then you decide you, you come over to the New York Islanders organization after that season ends. Um, you've been with you know the Islanders in Bridgeport ever since. And I brought up Mitch Vanisample, Parker Watherspoon earlier. You know, one of the things I really admire about you is is your leadership, kind of your mentorship on the ice. In what ways do you, you know, provide mentorship to, to guys like Vanisample, Watherspoon, so many others, you know, guys who come in and they're looking for kind of those older guys, whether it's through verbal communication or, or just, you know, watching you. Uh, they're paying attention. In what ways do you feel like, you know, you've kind of made a difference? I kind of picked up some things on the way through pro too. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that, uh, I'm not that guy in the locker room that's speaking up and giving out, you know, some motivational <laughs> speaking or anything like that. But that's what I try to do is kind of lead by example. And I think by doing that and also just making like, you know, making sure everyone's comfortable. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want anyone, you know, throughout the games or even practices. I don't want anyone to feel like they're a misfit or like they don't belong and making sure everyone's comfortable because I don't want anyone to, you know, if they do have questions and I've told those guys too, like you can ask me and, and if I don't know their answer, I have no problem going to ask Tomer, you know, like there's certain stuff like that where I think communication is huge, especially with younger guys. Um, and like a guy like Vandy, who was like this sh so shy and didn't talk to anyone at the beginning of his first year. And then this guy doesn't shut up. It's like, <laughs> now it's like, you know, and it just, and when it comes to that stuff too, when these guys get comfortable, then their game starts evolving, you know, then they're comfortable on the ice and uh, stuff like that. So, um, 
yeah, it's just kind of leading by example, making sure everyone's comfortable and just making, you know, I've kind of made it known, like, I just want the communication to be, especially amongst the decor. I think in the past three years, we've had a pretty tight knit decor. You know, we kind of make sure everyone's taken care of and each one, you know, sticks up for each other. And so it's, uh, yeah, so it's and just making sure everyone's having fun and yep. no one's going through a day without, you know, someone getting chirped or, you know, it's all for the fun and um, just making sure everyone's kind of involved and everyone's comfortable around the room. And what a lot of fans don't realize, too, is, you know, when younger players go to a new city, whether it's in the NHL, whether it's the AHL, anywhere else, I mean, they're a lot of these t- times, you know, they're living on their own for the first time. You know, it's their core group of, you know, friends during this season. You know, they, they're trying to get acclimated to a new city. And so even, you know, just the communication outside the rink and getting them comfortable in a city and not necessarily even on the ice makes a big difference. And, and one thing I've learned getting to know Mitch Van Sample, you know, Parker Watherspoon, everyone is, is actually found out you know, you're a pretty big basketball guy. Is that playing basketball? Is that watching basketball? Is it both? Well, it's more, you know, we always miss the good, the, the good weather for the most part. So we can't play outside. Yeah. Um, so we, we watch a lot. You know, I kind of get, well, these guys, you know, they jump on the bandwagon, like, you know, some of the guys just follow LeBron everywhere. It's like, well, you know, my team's the Timberwolves. I'm going to stay by them till the day I die, yeah. you know, even if they're bad. Well, of course, you brought up Minnesota. I mean, that's where you're from. That's where you're living. Your team's the Timberwolves in the NBA. I know it's the Vikings in the NFL. Now, we're recording this podcast on a Monday. Monday night football is the Bears and uh, the Vikings tonight. I'm from Illinois, so I, I tend to follow the Chicago teams. Now, when this podcast drops at 11 o'clock on Tuesday, we're already going to know the result. But since we don't know it right now, how uh, how willing are you to make a friendly wager? Yep, I'm so willing. And that's the thing. I can never say no, Al. That's the only thing that <laughs> uh, that's like has kind of bit me in the butt my whole time. My that's whole life. Toxic it's, trait. Oh, it's brutal. I, you know, and the guys know this is they ask me once and if I don't say it, then they just say, well, you know, cause I usually tell them like, stop being scared. Well, that's what they do. And then I have to do it. So, so what, what I, are you thinking here? Well, this is what we talked about. I think, you know, loser has to wear Jersey to the, to practice one day to practice. So when and we get back in season practice back in season and you got to make sure you keep that on for a while. You know, like if I lose, I'll have to keep this. I'll walk around the locker room so everyone can see it. Yeah, I mean, I got to look halfway halfway professional, though. So can, can I wear it under, you know, a shirt and tie, or do I have to show it? Yeah, no, no. You have to wear shirt and tie, and then you you have to act as if it's like a sweater. So you have to have, like, your <laughs> shirt and tie, like, out. So it's it's actually a little classy. All right, well, I'm so confident in Chicago, I don't think it even matters for me. So I'll give you a virtual handshake right now, and it's on. Well, there you go. You know what, too, Al? I'm kind of scared because Minnesota always loses at Soldier Field. And it's the weather's going to be cold. Like, trust me, I think the Vikings are going to win, but I'm a little nervous. Well, the Vikings I, will, play. I will admit it. The Vikings play indoors, so when you get to chilly and windy Soldier Field, it makes a, a big difference, big home field advantage. Well, yeah, and you know, I, I played an outdoor game there when I was in college. And that playing in that place – during the winter, no thanks. Yeah. It was so cold and so windy. And I can only imagine, like, if you're playing football down there, like, good luck. 
Well, a deal's a deal. So we got to take a break here real quick, but that's on Bears-Vikings on Monday Night Football. Loser, when we get back in season, has to wear the other team's jersey. Yep, yep, I'm all for it. It's on. Well, last week we had a stat of the week and a trivia question. We're going to get the answer to that right now, and we'll be back with Hel Seth Helgeson in just a moment. Let me give you a little education, mister. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. Well, our stat of the week last week and our trivia question was that in only one game all of last season for Bridgeport did rookies score all of the goals when uh, the team scored at least two. The answer to that, and if you got it right, we'll go ahead and send you a Sound Tigers uh, little prize pack if you answered correctly and uh, let us know on Sound Tigers social media channels. The answer to that, it was almost exactly a year ago. It was Veterans Day of 2019, and it was a 2 nothing win against the Providence Bruins in Rhode Island. Simon Holmstrom and also Arno Durando scored the goals for Bridgeport, the only game all of last season that rookies had every tally. And uh, again, if you got that right, we'll send you a Sound Tigers prize pack. Now this week, we've got a brand new one. The question is... How many players since the 2010-11 season have played in every single game, playoffs and regular season, within a given season? And uh, if you answer that correctly, again, we'll send you a little pri Sound Tigers prize pack. Uh, just go ahead and shoot us a note on uh, either Facebook or Twitter and let us know what you think the answer is. It's how many players have played in every single game within a given season since 2010-11? How many different players and uh, if you know that, you could be a winner, a stat of the week. And uh, with that, we'll head back over to Seth Helgeson, who is uh, patiently or uh, maybe impatiently, certainly is, it's the way it is uh, in our households, uh, getting ready for hockey to start. And, and Seth, I imagine for a player, it's awfully difficult with the uncertainty. You know, you, you're a creature of habit. You you usually know when things are going to get going. You know how to train and, uh, you know, at what point you really start to ramp it up. But this year, it's just so unpredictable. How tough is that for a player? Yeah, and it's tough because I don't want to complain because the other people, you know, everyone's kind of in a difficult situation, whether, you know, dealing with the sickness, you know, the virus. And, you know, it's hard to kind of put in, you know, you got to put in perspective, you know, kind of everyone and whatnot. But, I, the biggest thing for me, and I think a lot of guys, is just the unknown, as you said. Um, you know, we kind of are built on having a routine during the off season, and you know exactly, you know, the halfway point of your summer, and then you know when you're going for training camp, so you kind of know how to deal with the workouts and the skating. And, you know, that's kind of my biggest thing is I'm such a, you know, I rely heavily on a routine. And, um, that's kind of been a pretty difficult, uh, situation, you know, with everything going on. So yeah, it's tough dealing with unknown, but kind of everyone is dealing with it. So I kind of just go about my day and hopefully just hope for the best and, you know, everyone stays safe, but yeah, don't know. So just, uh, kind of continue on with what I'm doing. What do you miss the most? I miss all the guys. I missed all the guys, the staff. I miss you, Al. Duh. Um, <laughs> you are around these guys half of your half the year. You know, you, you kind of rely on you know your friendships and kind of coming to the rink every day, seeing one another, and you know, dealing with the stuff throughout the day. And that's kind of been the toughest part. And obviously, you know, everyone kind of you know you know we're not seeing much of anyone really. You know, due to the certain uh, situation we're in. So. Um, 
you know, and obviously the competitive, you know, edge or spirit or whatever you want to say when it comes to games and practices, you know, I kind of miss that as well. And I miss the routine of the daily, <laughs> daily grind we have. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to miss. Uh, I miss waxing guys and schnarps cards on the bus and stuff like that. So, but hope for the best and hopefully we can, you know, see each other sooner than later. All great things we can look forward to happening, like you said, sooner rather than later. You know, through all of this, you know, everybody, you don't get to see the normal people you do during the season. You know, for me, it's seeing you guys downstairs. It's seeing the coaching staff. It's seeing the off-ice officials who keep score uh, during games and record all the numbers and all of that. And uh, I bring that up because, you know, as we talked about earlier, your style of play leads to a lot of penalty minutes. You know, you're in the penalty box a decent amount. And again, the reason I bring that up is the off-ice officials are down there. They're working the penalty box. And uh, kind of on a sad note here earlier this this offseason, Frank uh, Camera passed away, who is a, a penalty box timekeeper. And he's been a timekeeper in Connecticut, I believe, for 62 years total. And with the Sound Tigers ever since day one, you got to know him very well just because of the time you spend in there. And I know uh, relationships off the ice as well. Very tough news, but uh, you were one of the guys who knew him well. What do you remember about Frank? Yeah, that was sad. You know, my condolences to his family. That was tough. Um, because, you know, we just saw him, you know, in the year. Um, and that's, you know, kind of took a turn for the worse. But, uh, you know, Frank, <laughs> Frank, Bruce, all those guys, you know, we go to pizza. Like, we try to do it, like, once a month. Uh, last year was a little harder due to the schedule and whatnot. But uh, Frank was just, you know, kind of a gentle – gentle guy easy to talk to love pizza um anytime you went into the penalty box he he was on the other side right like where we came in he was keeping scorekeeping on the other side um and he always made sure to look over and give you a wink when you're (laughs) when you're in the penalty box so yeah he great personality great guy um you know, just the nicest guy there was and um, definitely miss him at our, at our annual pizza, pizza meetings in New Haven. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, all the best with his family, you know, don't have a bad thing to say about Frank. Frank was the man, you know, all those (laughs) been in there quite a bit. So I'm kind of, yeah, you you saw those guys. So it'll be tough to not see him in the upcoming years. Yeah, I don't think anybody ever had a bad thing to say about him. He uh, And he had some stories. He'd been around so long, and uh, he knew the game as well as anybody, and and he had uh, s- some incredible stories. So I certainly echo what you just said. Uh, my thoughts to you know, his family and friends and everyone um, in the hockey world and in general. We're going to switch over now to some fan questions because this is one of my favorite parts of the, the segment. It's uh, a mailbag segment. And we're going to start with Matt from New Canaan, who, uh, who wants to know from you, in the last three years, I don't even know if you know this or not, you've only missed two games with Bridgeport. And so he wants to know, because of your style of play, you're on the penalty kill, you know, you're a grinder. That's impressive to only miss two games in a three-year span. Do you have a, a secret to your sustainability? <laughs> I don't really have a secret. Like, I guess, like, my training throughout the summer helps me prepare for the season to go. Um I guess I would say I'm pretty lucky and pretty uh, very fortunate that I haven't had any major injuries. And that kind of, you know, that has helped me out a lot. Um, And I guess, too, I'm one of those guys that I don't, uh, you know, I'm not going in um, 
playing to hopefully not get an injury. If that makes sense. You know, like I'm not thinking about that. Um, and I just try to be consistent and try to, you know, prepare for the weekends during the week, during practice, whether, you know, that's off ice stuff or, you know, on ice stuff. And, but I think I too, I just gotta, I'm very, been very fortunate to, uh, you know, kind of last that long. And, um, I actually, and you know what, too, I had a streak in college. I think I played, I think I played every game from, uh, like the last game of my freshman year till throughout my senior year. Let's head up the road. Let's head up the road to Shane in Stratford, who submitted a question this past week. And we, we touched on this a little bit, but uh, the, the question is, do you play any board games or puzzles to pass the time? If so, which ones? Yes. Well, I <laughs> last year, I didn't, I didn't get into as much as I did two years ago. Uh, Mike Sislo and I completed, I think it was like 10 puzzles a thousand a thousand pieces like and we got you know what too i will say this real quick we got vandy to he's had to stay at our house for a week and he we got him off the video games and got him into a little puzzle uh puzzle playing so i do a lot of puzzles uh board games not so much it's more card games i'd say um but um yeah you know it's I need to start getting more hobbies, I guess, um, because I don't, <laughs> I don't do much uh, during the day. I take a lot of naps. I'm a big nap guy during the year, so a lot of naps. But uh, board games, not so much cards. Do a lot of that, and um, I actually just picked up Scrabble. I've been playing a little Scrabble lately, uh, and I do a lot of I do a lot of Sudoku's in the newspaper. So <laughs> that's. I'm not, uh, I'm not a very interesting person when it comes to hobbies. So, <laughs> But a good way to not only pass the time, but also sharpen the mind a little bit too. Exactly. Yeah. Always, always, you know, staying on my toes when it comes to, yeah, getting the brain going. Last one. And because Brent Thompson discussed this last week, you actually submitted a question for him asking about his favorite, uh, his favorite uh, flavor of sauce for chicken wings and, and, uh, and he flat out said, you know, if we have a contest, there's no way I'm going to beat him. Maybe back in the day, but certainly not now. That's such a lie. Tomer said that's such a lie. Tomer could demolish anyone. He threw that back on you for your favorite flavor. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I would say spicier the better, hotter the better. So, you know what? I had some wings over the weekend that were pretty good. They were like in a, like a spicy barbecue sauce. I know that's not very traditional, but, um, you know, I, I would say I'm, I like a lot of, uh, I'm a big like sauce guy. So I wouldn't say what, what are the, like, uh, the ones that like a dry rub, yeah. you know, that's, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'll eat them. I'll pretty much eat anything. Um, but I would say the sauce, your barbecue sauce is nice. And, uh, to tell you the truth, I don't think I think Tomer could beat anyone on our team in a wing eating contest. He he think he's I think he could still do it. I think he's still got it in him. All right, we're gonna set that up for the spring or whenever we get back uh, all together. Dude, we could actually because I would do that for sure. <laughs> we look forward to that. We're running short on time, Seth. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. I hope I get to see you in person again very soon and we get this season started. But in the meantime, it was a lot of fun to catch up with you. And uh, even I got to, to learn some things about you I didn't know before. 
Of course, Al. Thanks for having me on. I really yeah. appreciate it. This was a good time.